Good morning, everybody. This is Grant from State of the Spark, and I am excited for you today for a lot of reasons. Number one, we get to hear from the Pope and his take on artificial intelligence, which I'm super excited to share with you. Then we get to hear uh, how samurais, I think, would respond to COVID. We also get to discuss where do where does the Leonid meteor shower every year on my birthday come from? We're going to talk about that, but then I want to share a piece of ancient wisdom. This is not new wisdom. This is wisdom that can help you be a leader in an accelerated marketplace. Good morning, Sean. I hope you're doing great this morning, man. You're up bright and early, sir. So we're going to discuss a little bit on some ancient wisdom. You guys know I love what's cutting edge. We talk about a lot of futurism and a lot of robotics but we're going to actually talk about ancient wisdom that I think applies to today. And I'm excited to share that because it's encouraging, it's motivating. And I think I want to end this Friday on a strong note. Are you down with that? Are we okay to end this week on a strong, encouraging note? Raise your hand, hit with an emoji, hit me with a comment or a like if that's okay with you today. And before we get into any of that, you lovely, lovely people, you know we're going to deal with a cup of gratitude. So grab your coffee and let's share what we're grateful for. And as I get to mine, I want to hear what you're grateful for. Some of you have the habit. Marlena has the habit of writing down gratitude each morning. I want you to write in the comments something you're grateful for while I share mine. Here we go. Ba -da -da. So. Thank you for the like, Sean. I hope you're doing great. I hope you kill it today. So here we go. What I am grateful for today, my lovely, lovely friends, I'm grateful for having the habits and the skills, it takes skills, to realign myself from a fragmented person to a person of wholeness so I can be effective today. That's a mouthful, and I, but I'm sincerely, deeply grateful for this. Yesterday, I spent most of the afternoon writing and editing and re-editing edition four of my book, Top 100 Dream Igniter. And it's going to be coming out in hardback. We're going to be making it available to everybody. We had to update the design. We had to update the references, but that's going to be coming out. Jessica says, good morning. Hope you're having a great morning. Excited to hear about ancient wisdom. You and me both. And then Jessica, since I know you're on and I know you're an awesome sport, I'd love to actually hear something you're grateful for today as well. That's uh, Jessica's post this morning or her uh, her comment just a moment ago. Boom. So yes, I want to hear what you're grateful for. And mine, I'm grateful for the habits and tools that I can realign because by the end of the editing day yesterday, my brain was fried. My lovely bride was out with dinner with her girlfriend and that was awesome. Um, and I had extra time to work, but my brain was just like, Argh. and I woke up this morning. I said, oh no, oh no, I'm not giving away another day to mediocrity. Now that wasn't a mediocre day, mind you. I had a really good day of uh, productivity, but my brain just felt fried and I didn't want to wake up today slumped because of that. I had to re-energize myself. So this morning I'm grateful for the ability to realign myself. Here is to that. Da -da -da. And guess what? You have this ability too. You have the ability also to realign yourself. In fact, Jessica's a great person to talk to about this. She's all about energetic realignment. I'm all about habitual realignment, having mechanisms, neuro-linguistic programming, having places you go in the house, things you say to yourself, books you read, methods you do in the morning to get realigned and get back into state. And then Marissa says, no, Grant, you're just a cheater. 
you just wake up at four and you've got four hours of wake up time before anyone else has woken up. Well, that's a life hack too. <laughs> that's a habit as well, my beautiful friends. Let's talk about the Pope. <laughs> Segway. Here we go. So, you know artificial intelligence is gaining steam when the big daddy himself, the Pope himself, adds AI to his morning prayer. So, <laughs> And he adds adding it to his prayer. I think he might be praying about it in the way Elon Musk prays about it, and that's, oh, dear Lord, let's not let Terminator 2 show up on this place. But no, for real. The Pope actually has a monthly, and I like this idea, and I might even try to adopt this idea. The Pope has a monthly message uh, and to uh, Catholics, or to the world, really, and says, this is what my prayer intention is for the month. I didn't know this about the Pope. I'm not Catholic, and I, and I just never studied this, but I think this is a great principle. On setting your intentionality of prayer, we set goals each month for our small businesses and our personal development. We set, uh, we set goals, basically, but why don't we set prayer intention or meditation intention or thought life intention over a given period of time, a month or a week? So the Pope actually puts out his November message, and he says, and I'm going to quote him, he asks, well, first off, he asks that progress in robotics and AI be directed, here we go, towards the respecting the dignity of the person and of creation. Now, who can argue with that? Marissa and I just watched a powerful um uh, witness testimony by David Attenborough, the voice behind Blue Planet, the voice at you know between so much. But he also wrote his witness statement, which I think is called Life on Earth, if I'm not mistaken. And he called for the same thing. We have to develop a respect. We cannot sacrifice our biome, this beautiful planet, for progress. Now, a lot of people try to paint this as an either or dilemma. We have to progress as a species or we have to destroy the planet or save the planet and then dial back. I don't believe that. I'm in the realm of the technologist that says we need to move forward and in so doing protect this planet and the Pope is too. And as it comes to AI and robotics, he says, let's make sure that this is a humane venture. Jessica goes on to say she's immensely grateful that she has the, uh, that she has, that she can control of her daily schedule so that she can be flexible and able to create opportunities for personal growth, work, play, and all of the other things she's passionate about. She's a mother. She has a farm. She has so much going for her, but she has a degree of flexibility in her schedule, and that's what she's grateful for. Thanks for sharing, Jessica. I appreciate it. So the Pope prays for AI that it aligns with uh, enlivening and enriching the human experience. And I think that that's a fair prayer. When I think about AI, I don't want us all to be downloaded into computers, but I do want us all to have a lot of progress. It also He also noted this in his prayer message that nearly 37%, and I'd like to know where the Vatican got this information, but nearly 37% of all organizations in the world have implemented some form of AI in their business, which is very, very intriguing. So I'm gonna look that up. As I said before, here's the link to this in case you're curious, curious little Janes that you are, not Janes as in Janists, that's another uh, very old faith, Jainism. But no, if you guys are curious Joes and curious Janes, go ahead and read that article and just know that it is getting serious <laughs> when the Pope is like, ah, let's pray about this AI because it is crazy. So that's a piece of other news. Here we go. In our second piece of lovely other news, 
Every year on my birthday, November 17th, the Leonid shower does something. It showers me with the spirit of a lion. Not really, but it's kind of a spirit animal thing for me. Since as far back as I could remember, I have known that the Leonid, the lion, meteor shower happens on my birthday, and it's usually very late at night. Um, it's, it's basically, I just read from Bill Cook, the lead meteoroid environment officer at NASA says that the best time to view it for you early birds, and those who see me putting that in air quotes know what I'm talking about, it, early birds can set their alarm for 3 or 4 a.m. and see the peak Leonid shower. Now, the Leonid shower happens a few days before, a few days after. A meteor shower, I just read, is something along the lines where 30 or 40 meteoroids could be seen theoretically in a certain window per hour. Fun fact, a meteor storm is when it's over a thousand, over 9,000. When you can see over a thousand meteoroids within a given hour, that's when it turns into a meteor storm. Leonids is just a meteor shower every, uh, every year. Now, it's a meteor shower every year, and the first deception that people have is that that's because the meteor goes by every year. False! The Leonid meteor meteor shower comes from, and I'll tell you this, the comet known as Temple Tuttle. The Temple Tuttle comet circulates in our solar system and actually aligns in its orbit as it approaches its uh, uh, hyphelion, which I think is its closest orbit to the sun. Uh, aphelion, I think, is the furthest. Hyphelion, I think I might be saying it wrong, is closest to the sun. That when it comes closest to the sun, it's nearly in the Earth's orbit, which is why we have such a strong meteor shower then. And it was discovered in 1865 and 1866 independently by Wilhelm Temple and Horace Tuttle. And what the fun fact here is the, the comet Temple Tuttle is actually on a 33-year cycle, meaning it travels far out into the uh, the solar system and returns every 33 years. So the meteors that you're seeing are at least 33 years old, if not more old than that, if not older than that. And so the last time Temple Tuttle passed us was in 1998, the year of our Lord when I graduated high school, 1998. That's the last time the Temple Tuttle Comet past. So you could say that this year's meteor shower, you're seeing ejecta or meteoroids that could be anywhere from 33 to 300 years old. And here's what I mean. The 2009 meteor shower on my birthday, November 17th, 2009, the meteoroids that you saw then were from estimated 1466 or 1533 orbits of the Temple Tuttle Comet. How cool is that? And I like to think of it like this. I like to think of these meteoroids as, you know, like when you were a kid and you used to get on your bicycle and play like past dark and you knew you were supposed to be home after dark. You need to be home before that first. And, and the phrase was, before that first street lamp came on, you need to be home or you get your butt tanned. And so you'd get on your bicycle and you go play in the neighborhood. And then if I ever stayed out late, as a little kid, I remember a few times getting lost and there was always a certain street lamp I could recognize that no matter how lost we were in the universe, if I saw that street lamp, I knew I was too far from home, but I still knew how to get my way home. 
when we pass through the tail of this comet, it's our single time of year where I kind of know where things are at. So that is my piece of other news. The Leonid meteor shower is coming. And last piece of other news. Here we go. If you haven't heard me say it once, you need to hear me say it a thousand times. The show is moving off of Grant's personal feed. We'll try to share it there as well, but the conversation will be happening over at facebook.com forward slash state of the spark. That's where you tell me what you're grateful for. That's where we're sharing links. We'll also be doing a few contests over there just to get everyone's eyeballs over to state of the spark because Grant's feed is no longer sufficient for the lovely demands you people are putting on having the feed and the Facebook page state of the spark has a lot more tools for us. So we're going to do that over there. So that is our third piece of other news. Thank you for enjoying our other news. And now ancient samurai wisdom on dealing with COVID and basically civil unrest in the world that we're facing today. Here we go. Ba -da -da. So in the last week, you know, I have some coaching clients. You know, we have several businesses we're managing. You know, I'm writing a book. You know, I talk to a god-awful amount of people. If you don't know me yet, you know I like to talk to people. And if I had one superpower, and I know you have your own, but if I had my own superpower, you would know that my superpower is yammering beep, 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 to people. I love talking to people. I love talking with people. In fact, if anything, I need to be talking to more people. And what I've discovered is this. I've talked to a lot of you who like to point out, well, citizens are odd at each other, at, at, at odds at each other. Me and Marissa had this grating experience at lunch the other day at a local uh, restaurant. And these two people who were friends when they sat down at the table, by the time they left, they were declaring they would no longer be friends, yelling at the top of their lungs, leaving the table, causing a scene, noticing that we all noticed them and still did not back down. That is the level of our political environment and the political bullying and the political shaming coming from both sides of the aisle. A lot of you like to point that out. A lot of you have liked to point out that, Grant, the cost of living is just too high, and they voted in, in the state of Florida for some things, and it just costs too much, and life's too difficult. Some of you like to point that out. Some of you like to point out that the taxes and the cost of labor and barriers to entry are just way too high to launch a business. I can't do it. It's too confusing. Some of you really like to point that out. You're starting to own this story. Some of you like to point out that the world is changing too fast and there's too much tech and we're talking about tech and we're worshiping tech and I wish we could just dial it back to the age of yore, which you know what? I want that too, but I know it can't happen. Excuse me. I know it can't happen. A lot of you like to point out that things are happening too fast, that the environment is collapsing too quickly. And guess what? I agree. I agree with some of these observations. You know, what's worse is compounded on all of this. We've had a very shaky election cycle. Both sides of the aisle, it's insane. How's the market going to respond? And how's our income? Are we going to fall into a recession? Are we going to go gangbusters? How are this holidays going to go? Can we just, it's almost like I feel most of you easing, um, slouching towards the holidays the way many of us slouch towards the weekend. Dear God, can the holidays just come and give us a reprieve where people sing carols, drink hot cocoa and apple cider, and quit talking about any of this? Can we go back to some sort of safe base? I feel like a lot of times Fridays, the weekends, holidays, these coming 
Christmas and fall holidays, I feel like a lot of you are like like home base and tag, like home base. And home base is where no one talks about this junk. And the world slows down long enough for me to catch a breath. I feel you. I need to catch a breath. You need to catch a breath. We need to catch our breath right now. And you know what? These observations are accurate. These things are challenging. Starting a business is challenging. Getting by on, on normal pay is challenging. Citizens are at odds with each other and differing views are real prickly. And insecurity and stability is challenging. But I'm here to share with you this morning some encouragement. I want to, if you'd let me, bring you some ancient wisdom. This is not mine, right? This is ancient wisdom to handle this stuff. And when I read this this morning, I was feeling this slump. I mentioned earlier I was dealing with my fragmented self. And I'm looking for my whole self. So what do I do? I pull out a lot of the habits. And one of those habits are reading passionately reading material that can turn my mind around. And if you can turn your mind around, you can turn your life around. So though these observations are accurate, the truth and the meaning that you have concluded and assigned to these observations, that you shouldn't take big steps in your dreams, that you shouldn't launch your businesses, that you shouldn't strike out as Marissa is boldly right now, striking out. Marissa is launching a venture in the middle of this and props to her. This is the season. So we make these observations about what is negative, and I have made those very same observations. But we have concluded very different things. Our premise is differently, is different. And in fact, if you can observe something about the external and draw different conclusions, that means that your original hypothesis was different because the uh, things going on today passed through a filter and that filter had meaning and you assigned meaning. Guess what? You already had that meaning. So if you are making observations that are heavy, I've made those similar observations. If you've made observations that the world is challenging, I've made similar observations. But if you have concluded that is a reason to not be your greatest self, <laughs> can you see where I'm going? Your hypothesis is that your greatest self can't handle it. Let me tell you something. That's BS, as Jim Quick would say. Jim Quick says BS doesn't stand for bull-ish. Jim Quick says BS stands for belief systems. That's your belief system. I want to read something for, for, for you very quickly. It's one of my favorite quotes from James Allen. James Allen says this. <clears throat> oh, where'd you go, my friend? Men are anxious to change their circumstances, but unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound. I thought about those of you this morning. This isn't the samurai quote. Bear with me. I thought about some of you this morning as I read that. I read that quote from As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Men are anxious to improve their circumstances, but unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound. I read that to myself today because I realized how many of you are expressing to me in some way, shape, or form you feel bound. You feel tied up. You feel that the political environment has bound you from being your greatest self in some way, shape, or form. This party or that party has bound my party alignment up enough that I can't achieve my greatness. 
Yeah, but you spent so much time dealing. Good morning, Suzanne. I hope you are doing fantastic this morning. Thank you for dropping by. Suzanne Murphy, a powerful, abundant-minded person. You guys got to know Suzanne if you don't. So I read that quote, men and women are anxious to change their, to improve their circumstances, but unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound. I read that and I thought of so many of the coaching clients I've had who have come to me wringing their hands like, oh my, this president's going to get in. And they've said both presidents <laughs> and they think that that president's going to tie them up. Oh man, the market is doing X, Y, and Z. It is. Oh man, the cost of milk is high. So we need to do this, that, or the other. I've seen these phrases on both sides of the party, people wringing their hands. And they're bound up because they believe that their ideal self can't handle this. If I asked you this question, hey, pause. Can your ideal self handle these external circumstances and therefore achieve bigger things? Well, the answer, Grant, of course, is obvious. Then why have you let yourself get caught up in the minutia of today? That led me to the samurai quote I want to share with you very quickly. And it's this, the samurai were going through a slump in the mid-1600s. Uh, and my, one of my favorite tomes on this is the Hagakure. This is, I read this more than the Bible now because it, it keeps dispensing a fortitude. You need fortitude today. And it says this, the way of the samurai, hear this, is a higher place than what is right and what is wrong. Whoa. You know, in your early faith journey, you're taught, this is right, this is wrong. This is the book of John. You read that. This is the satanic cult. Don't do that. And life is that clear and easy to understand. And though it's very helpful to a young person, as you get older, you realize there's gray and black and white and mix and yin and yang mix. The way of the samurai is a higher place than right and wrong. This is very difficult to discover, but it is the highest wisdom, the way, the Tao, the path of the samurai, and your path today is above right and wrong. So if you are getting caught up in political conversations, this is right, this is wrong. If you're getting caught up in amendments, this is right and this is wrong. We can be wise enough to say this might be better and this might be worse. You can have that opinion, but that's not the way of the samurai. That's when you wear your citizen hat, not when you wear your spark citizen hat. I'm wearing this dress shirt and I'm doing you guys a disservice. I'm wearing my Superman gear underneath. The state of the spark. <laughs> my Superman gear. The way of the spark citizen is above right and wrong. This is difficult to discover, but it is the highest wisdom. And here's the last quote. Listening to the old stories and the old storytellers and reading books. I'm not making this up. This is what they wrote. This is the underline here. Boom. Listening to the old storytellers and reading books are for the purpose of shedding one's own discrimination between right and wrong and attaching oneself to that way of the ancients. And that's not the last thing I'm going to share with you of ancient wisdom. Let's pause on that for a second. Samurai dealing with battle and war. Jessica's laughing about my superhero. Yeah, it's my superhero gear. You know, this, this, my dress shirt helps me think like I'm a professional, but my superhero gear is my secret. Let's spark some lives today. Let's ignite some lives of explosive significance. Oh, samurai who are dealing in the 16th.